to the Wealth Radar podcast where we scan the landscape and navigate the noise of investing and personal wealth. I'm Paul Fowler and I'm joined by my brother Jason. We're both certified financial planners from Fowler's Group and in this episode we'll be discussing investment schemes, marketing hype and the lure of being sold by the promise of returns. It's, an interesting, it's going to be an interesting mm. topic, Paul. We've got some plenty of ways we can go with this. Um, and it's come about because we're going to discuss an investment scheme that was based on a crypto flavour that's come to our attention by one of a, one of your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, the promoters of this scheme were seeking them to invest their super in this way. And it's a fantastic example of emotional marketing and sales techniques designed to initiate action by someone. Yep. Yep. Um, and what we're going to do, I thought what we do is we'll break down the process of what we read from the materials yeah. that we got from the client when he asked us to look at it versus what the client heard and understood before asking our opinion. Yeah, so let's, let's just set this up. As I said, we'll go, we'll go through, I'll, I'll call it their three-step process, and as yep. you said, we'll break that down. But I just want to set this up by the the phone call that I just got from my client out of the blue who, um, yeah, we managed his um, superannuation. He's got a decent sort of balance in there. And basically said, oh, Chuck, can you get me to have a, a look at this? It sounds pretty good. And I said, right, oh, what, what is it? He said, oh, well, um, I spoke to this bloke and um, what you get to actually invest in is cryptocurrencies. And I, one, I sort of a bit of a red flag for yep. me. I said, okay, right, tell me more. He said, yeah, but it's not, it's not investing in the coin itself, right? Right, because, that's important. You know, as we know, crypto's sort of Price plummeted of late. Yep. Or th- you're actually investing in the thing that makes the coins. You're mining. You're becoming oh, a miner. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because he's in a mining-related field. Yeah, right? 100%. That's exactly right. Yep. So that was number one. And he said, they're going to guarantee me 16% returns. Guaranteed. This is what he's told me. Yeah. Guaranteed 16% returns. And if the investment fails, you get your money back. So there's absolutely no risk at all in losing your money. And by the way, there's no fees attached to it at all. So the client heard, you're going to get 16% at no risk at no cost, and if it all goes pear-shaped, you're going to get all your money back. So if if it isn't as we said, we'll just give you your money back anyway. So it's guaranteed, but if it fails, we'll give you your money back. Yeah, yeah, sort of been no more than I would have yeah, thought that's, right <laughs> in, right. in okay, itself. Cool. So what I thought we'd do, we'd just step through, I guess, the process that he went through as a, a client. Yep, or as um, a prospect. Yep. As, as, a, as a prospect of, their, sorry, of theirs. Um, so the initial phone call. Yep. Um, he gets a, hey... We want to talk to you about this great investment idea. Did you know that um, super funds haven't done so well over the over recent times? Um, and you know, spoke to him about the the negative returns super funds as a whole have made over the last twelve months. Do you want to talk more about it? Yeah, Basically, yeah. that was the initial phone. Yeah, call. and and I think the important part of that was the initial phone call, and he said, then followed that up with an email, right? Which, yeah, because of course, who wouldn't say yes to that, right? Exactly. No harm, no foul. And the email that came out basically had a was just you know setting some stuff up but it had a really important thing attached to it or embedded in it um, which was an article that came out of the very reputable financial review we're not going to argue with that it's a very factual um, report Um, and the email came to the client in mid-october but the article was dated the 30th of july and it was how have your funds performed and it was growth funds interestingly to the 30th of June, 2022. And of course, if you look through that list, the best performing gross fund of the 50 listed had a return of positive 1.6%, right? And the worst had a return of minus 7.6%. And the 
median was minus 3.3. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of good numbers there. Yeah. And we know the investment markets were quite volatile last year and it's not, you know, we had bond markets, we had all sorts of stuff that um, was volatile in the beginning of that year. But I just think there's a couple of things that's interesting. One is that they pick growth funds. So you're going to get the most volatility mm-hmm. in the fund that's got the most volatile assets in it. Um, and it's focused on where do we go? Now, we're having this conversation in February. Yep. He, had the, he had the conversation with you in late January. In January. Right. And keeping in mind since June 30, 2022, these these returns are quite different as of, as of January, so only six months later. So yep. massively depends different. where you pick your time frame. So anyway, so you get that. And as a consumer, you're going, you know what? Yeah, I do, I do want to talk. And by the way, you know, what's what super fund are you with? How about you give me your super fund? I'll do a quick cost comparison and we'll just to call. compare that because we don't charge fees and just and then we'll we'll talk through it. And yep. that's where it ended. He said, yep, rightio, I'm with Macquarie. And that's that was it. pretty much it. Yep. And so the follow-up to that is that he then got a, a, an email with a mm-hmm. six-page, what I'll call a PowerPoint presentation, but a six-page landscape brochure that is titled, Is Your Super Generating Consistent Annual Returns That Are More Than 10%? Now, I think we should focus on those comments from a pure marketing point of view because through this whole process i think the marketing is awesome yeah yeah it's very very slick and very well done yeah it is well done and i think the things in there which they've targeted super immediately big pool of assets as you may recall from our first episode this year where we talked about the size of super funds was it i think it was first episode this year like 30 trillion dollars like it's a pretty active pool you could go so, chasing. so if you're looking for a pool of investment money where do you where do you look for where would you in start in australia yeah yep. And the other thing that he says is generating consistent because he's already shown that investment markets have been inconsistent Absolutely. in the last 12 months and then used the words return more than 10%. Right? Who's not going to want more than 10%? And 10 sticks out. Yeah. yeah. 10's a winning number, mate. You'd, Double digit. You, you get a 10 in gymnastics at the Olympics, you win gold medal. Gold medals, probably, yeah. Nadia Comaneci, perfect 10s. Yep. yep. So you flick over the page there and then, and then we get to the – simply it's just a comparison – and it's just a straight fees comparison to what he's paying with Macquarie, right? Which, and this is interesting. Yeah, because they've he's, all he's told them is he has a Macquarie fund. Now, for, for the listeners, Macquarie have a heap of different funds. And, it, and <laughs> platforms labeled Macquarie and, and a heap of different platforms, all different pricing. And there's, there's uh, rack rate pricing. There's pricing, for example, that you'd get through an advisor. That could be a, a, a better deal. So there's a lot of variance to this. Anyway, so he's actually um, put four... Uh, Macquarie Super Funds on this comparison and in big red circle, um, in big red writing, this is the example of fees that you're stating. Um, always, I've noticed, uh, we, you'll, you'll hear us the whole way through, they do always mention fees. disclaimers. Yeah, as well, disclaimers. disclaimers. Yes. They do cover their, yeah, their butts, on. but we'll talk about the, that a bit more later. Um, but he's picked the one that pretty much is paying the most fees yep. out of the four funds and they're certainly, and the fund he's chosen is actually isn't the fund our client no. He's in no. to start with. So that's yep. completely wrong. So the platform's wrong from the get-go? Completely. Um, the comparisons are done on a an amount of money that's significantly less than what the client actually has. So there it's of no, rev- pick up on that. of no relevance at all. Um, yep. But the So the they calculated fees on 50000 which essentially is the highest fee point Correct. <laughs> when, you're, when you're dealing with retail funds. Correct. Um, but it is accurate as at the 30th of October 2022, so that's fine. But then the next page, once you've got the fees, we've highlighted that, they flick over and they give the example of performance of a very large 
investment fund that we would actually use because you know it's a it's a it's a good fund but it's a growth fund our client is not invested in this fund so it bears zero relevance yeah, to, to him in any way shape or form um they give the returns as at the 31st of december which is the most recent returns at the time this was done which is fine and they put a big red box and a highlight around the one-year returns which in this case are my over minus 10 percent which is consistent with what was on the previous email, they failed to highlight the fact that the 10-year return and the since inception return of this fund, which is a very large, well-known fund, is well north of positive 7% compound for more than 20 years. Yeah. Right? But Which from a growth fund over that time frame, you should be pretty fantastic. happy with it. And it's fantastic. You know, and it's consistent. Months, yes, not great. But that's what we highlight. So then where do we go? So we've, we've stirred you into it's expensive, your returns are nowhere near guaranteed 10%. Nowhere near 10%. Right. But what can we do for you? Yes, it's important. We can give you a fixed comparison, rate comparison. A fixed rate of return at a minimum yield of 15%. So we can give you a fixed rate of return at 15%. Minimum yield. Minimum, minimum. yield. Everything's been going at negative 10 and even the fund that you're in but you're not really in has performed only 8% over since inception, right? Yep. And so I think why wouldn't you go here, mate? I'm getting double returns and it's fixed. Yep, because they've used the words in the heading, fixed rate comparison over five years and then highlighted minimum yield 15% with a big arrow that says fixed rate return. Yep. Like, wow, that get me some of that. Yeah. Now, to me, when we're, when we're looking at this, we think a fixed rate of return, that's a really good return. We have we did a um, conversation with Peter Mansell about um, his book that yep. he wrote, um, and a big thing of that it's that we always speak about is risk and return and related. So if you're going to get high returns, you got to understand there's got to be some layer of risk. Of Otherwise, why aren't we all doing it? Yeah, there's no free lunch, right? We've been around the block long enough to know that that's a red flag. There's something not being said somewhere. Yep, and and what they do they show in if you we put the money that you're going to invest. The large lump sum of money you're going to invest in this case it was all his superannuation. Yep. Um, they actually show the return that you're going to get as well based on that 15% in dollar returns. Oh, that's sorry. And they emphasize there's no fees. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, when you look at it, it's actually in US dollars. You invest in US dollars that get converted back to Australian dollars. So part of the return that they've been selling in the example I have is the fact that you've benefited that way if you were converting US dollars back to Aussie dollars now versus where you were five years ago, you'd get an uplift because the return's gone down. Um, but you're right, there's a big thing that says this particular provider does not charge fees. So there's a couple of things going off for us at this point. Well, how are they getting paid? What's happening? Because I'm sorry, but no one does anything for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and this is really confusing. But I think the power in that, so that's the... They talk about the longer term and how it can be better and the currency, it's really high level. But the last page, and this is, this is for me something that's going to be a consistent theme as we go through a few of these other things. So the last page is a disclaimer, all right? And it, I'll summarise it. It says, the information has been prepared by this organisation for educational purposes and has not taken into account underlined all of your objectives, financial situations or needs and should not be taken as advice, and these estimations underlined are based on past performance, and past performance is not an indication of future performance, and please seek further professional advice if you deem it to be necessary. Now, Jason, as far as 
behavioural finance goes. You know a bit about this and I'm the consumer, right? So I've just sat through a phone call saying, look, your super's crap. We can generate a fixed rate of turn of 15% at no fees um, and um, no risk. Yep. At that point, as a consumer, I've sort of switched off to any negativity. So mine's focused on, hey, I'm, this is the good stuff. We yep. talk about investing, you, you market on emotion. Emotion's marketed on greed and fear. Yep. You could say this is marketed on greed, say. Yep. So any once your once your mindset is in that frame of mind saying I, I like this option, you sort of filter out stuff that probably should make sense, but it doesn't because that's not where your your yeah, subconscious is sitting. That's right. Cognitive behaviour is about getting you to sit within a framework that you're conditioned to think, and then everything else becomes noise, and it's like a, a barrier. And we've got so, an awesome article that we'll talk about. So why would I? Why would I even bother read that disclaimer? Yeah. And even if I don't I need did, negative stuff. I need the good stuff. I'm conditioned by that. So that's, that's interesting. But I think the next part is that is also interesting as part of that, and this is in my opinion, right, and I'm not an expert in this stuff, but is a validation step. So also attached to that email with that mm. report is a guide produced by this organisation that says entitled The Seven Simple Steps to Boost Your Superannuation. This 22-page guide reveals savvy strategies to set you up for a self-funded retirement years earlier. Okay. And it's a great-looking guide, you know. You've got a retired couple there in the surf having fun, enjoying their retirement. Beautiful. Glossy. 22 um, pages. 22 pages. And you know what? So, uh, a lot of the information in there is quite generic and um, they're not telling any any lies. and saying, hey, can you boost your superannuation, you know, contribution, different contribution strategies, which is fine, pretty standard. Um, if I flick over the page... They debunk yeah. some. I think it's important they debunk some things about the fact that you know you need super because the age pension's going to not be there. You know, there's some yep. really yep, there's some educational, good, there. good educational stuff in it. And then you move on, and then it says the the four. We talk about the considerations that you need when you yep. when you're managing your, your superannuation, and they basically talk about comparing someone managing the superannuation on your behalf, so a managed super fund, as opposed to a self managed. Um, super fund and they sort of break down and, and do a bit of a comparison on the, the difference between what a managed fund is yep. and what a self-managed super fund is. Um, and a couple of these that stuck out for me in the managed fund, when he, a couple of factors you need to look at, they talk about again, it's always performance. Yep. Then there's fees and they talk about insurance and other investment options, which is fine. But the interesting thing I picked out is that you need to, if you're thinking of switching funds, you need to compare like with like. And, that, and that's, they're saying that is generally a prudent approach. So when you're comparing, you should compare a balanced fund option with your fund. You compare, a, you do the comparison with a balanced option of another fund. Now we did a, uh, what was it, the five? Fast five, five. five. Fast five superannuation. One of the early Where podcasts. we actually spoke about. Exactly that. Um, comparing like for like isn't actually comparing yeah, just like for like. And you go back over, listen to that. Yeah, because balance doesn't mean balanced. You actually got to break it down. But I think. The concept is right, and yet the comparison that they did was comparing a growth investment option with a single investment option of that's highly volatile. And before we get onto the pros and cons that they had, yep. I think the other thing that they say here is that if you're in a managed type super, the four factors: performance, fees, insurance, and investment options. But when they then talk about the factors in a self-managed fund, they talk about responsibility, time commitments, and investments and costs. There's no mention of insurance, right? No. So that no. just goes out the no. window. No. But I think this pros and cons page is fantastic. 
Yeah, it's cracking. This is this is marketing, uh, marketing one hundred and one or, or perfect marketing. So they talk about the pros between um, the managed super funds versus self managed super funds. And whilst the pros on the managed super funds are fine, that the wording that they use is quite different when you look at both. So if you look at the pros, it says relatively simple to set up, um, to check returns and manage. Um, less time consuming as your super is managed, that's that's fair enough. Yep. Um, and you have a point of contact to discuss options with. But on the other side, it uses words like you've got complete control. So it's pretty yep. pretty affirmative. You've got total flexibility. Yep. Um, you can invest in, in 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 different things. So it's very positive. Yep. The, the wording that they use. The cons is even. Oh, the cons is even, better. It's even better. Yeah. Like it says, you may. So this is on the managed super fund. Yeah, on the managed super yeah, fund, yeah. and this is to protect so they, that you may mm. generate average or below average. Both are negative because you also may not, but you will have limited control. Over so, investments. So, so someone's doing it all for you. Yep. So which out of your not. control, which poss- is, is true, but yep. it's a negative connotation. And depending on your fund, you may, again, have high or hidden fees. Right? So all there's nothing positive in you any may of or that. May not. You, yeah, yep. may or may not. But if you go to the other side, the cons of a self-managed fund, it Minimum, you have to have a minimum balance to be cost effective, which is a positive connotation. Yeah, on, there's sort of no negative connotation correct. around cost there. You've got ongoing time and cost commitments, which is fair, and you have a greater level of responsibility as opposed to a limited. Now, we are we are believers in self-managed funds. This isn't an anti-self-managed fund because I think that's content. It's just interesting that to follow their investment philosophy, you need to have a self-managed fund. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. And, and so everything's been marketed along those lines. And then after that, they then talk about um, where you can invest with a self-managed super fund and they do some um, some pretty graphs about um, conservative investments and growth investments and they actually then they talk about – they've got this pyramid, right? Risk pyramid. So at the bottom of it is your foundation, so money in the bank and as you move up, the, the riskier I get the investments are and at the peak of the pyramid is is what they call speculation, which is basically cryptocurrencies, futures, options and collectibles. Which is what they're what they're promoting. But remember, all the marketing to this point is about guaranteed, fixed, fixed, no no fees, right? So, yeah. I just think that I mean, there's lots of other stuff in case studies. We won't go into that. But I just want to flick back to the very beginning of the brochure, right? and this for me is the bit. The inside front cover is a disclaimer. Jason, come on, we don't talk. No one, no, no one reads disclaimers, right? What but do you remember mean? everything else that's been in bold. We've looked at this yep. disclaimer says things like which it should. It's for educational, it's of a general information, should not be taken as financial advice, um, ignore past performance, all of that same stuff, right? It's, you know, don't use it as a prediction. But here's the one. XYZ company is a technology company. Yeah, so the people promoting and recommending the a investment. super guide that talks about superannuation, investments, self-managed super funds, a tech company. And we always recommend you do your own research, seek independent advice, blah, blah, blah. We are not liable for any lost cause, whether due to negligence or otherwise arising for the use of reliance on the information directly or indirectly by use of this guide. Mm-hmm. But we're using emotive language to get you. And that all investments carry a level of risk. And generally speaking, crypto assets have a higher risk profile than traditional forms of investment, right? Because that's why they're at the top of the risk pyramid that they in their own guide about being speculative. And then they have a whole section on the risks of cryptocurrency. 
and that you should understand it's evolving, that there's pose a risk of volatility and loss, but remember it's guaranteed and fixed. Yep. Um, that you should always have, you, you almost have no control over the price of cryptocurrency, but remember that's not a problem because we're mining it, so we don't worry about it. And we'll get to the detail of what the detail of that is and that implies in a minute. And that they should always, we hold the position, this is the promoting company, that they are always treated as speculative but they're fixed, guaranteed, yep. Yep. no fee. Yep. And that there's all sorts of risks with every investment, but just in case, because there is a cyber risk now and there's environmental risks, you should read this ASIC guide, Info Guide 225. Now, this is a credibility statement because ASIC's known, and here's a link to the guide, which no one clicks on, but we did. Yep. Right? And here's another 15, 15 pages, pages of, of legalese. currency and what, right. what's regulated, what's not. Um, wow. And engaged employer to understand the the wording on that. So here we go. So there. So obviously, at the end of that, we've got a phone conversation to you talk about the pricing. He's booked a meeting. He's in. Right. So then he has a conversation with the the person. Right. And we don't know how that meeting went. We're part of that. But after that meeting is when that's when I got that's he when gets I get a follow up email. Yep. Right. And yep. I think you just just highlight on the follow up meeting because this is basically when it gets yep. forwarded to you and says, "Hey, Chuck." <laughs> yep, have what's a look your opinion at this? of this? So basically the email says, here's what's inside. Great to have a chat with you. Download the, the guide that they must have run through with him at the time, explaining how it all works and, and how we're going to get you the return on your money. Um, but the interesting, in, in the bold points on his email, there are about six dot points, but the bold points say generate um, 6 to 16% returns per annum. Bold. Fixed rate of returns. Bold. Minimum fixed rate. Yep. Return 100% of your initial capital. Underline, Underline. Bold. Um, and why, and why, block, why blockchain mining? And this one I thought it says, the smart approach to diversify wealth. Now, in this, I can only talk about my client, not the not everyone else they talk to, but essentially what they were to diversify, and they're actually pulling all of this super money out and putting it into, a, I'm assuming, a mining machine. We yes. don't actually know. We don't. Know. But the, the report is you're investing. So I don't know that's overly diversified, but. That's what they've told you. But and you, then get, you, get you this. also get to gain exposure to a thriving digital asset industry. Absolutely. All right. And remember, calculate the minimum returns, underlined, you can earn over two, three, five, or 10 years, and the multiple options to get started through an SMSF. All right. And by the way, the booklet that we sent, which is a complete guide to blockchain mining, we'll come to in a second, contains some reviews and real world case studies from people who have earned 80 to 90% returns over the next three, over the last three to four years. Love to chat to you further if you've got any information that you want to discuss. Let's look at a couple of those case studies. I'd rather look at them now. We've spoken about them. Okay, cool. So that we've got this brochure and there are some case studies at the back where people have made good money and they're living great lives and all that sort of stuff. Um, but what um, we did a little bit of a delving into it Yep. to try and look at what the returns were yep. based on. And what they use. Now, this particular company has been around since 2018. Early, yeah, mid to uh, early mid, 2018. Mid 2018. Um, so what's that, five years? Yep. And the projections they've used, these clients they've used, basically... All started in 2018 2000, sometime. Yep, exactly. Yep. But the returns they were using were basically, they only had three-year returns. Correct. So the marketing of the five-year return... This, this is a red flag for me. So they've marketed this with what we can get you for a five-year return, but they've only got three-year returns. They've extrapolated three years into five. So they've, t yeah, they've just 
extrapolated it exactly. If so we, assuming it keeps going what it is, this is going to be your five-year return. This hasn't. This actually isn't what's happened. If you were a regulated financial advisor and you did that, ASIC would throw the book at It'd you. Probably be in jail. Throw the book at you. Keep in mind, it's part of that disclosure. They have no financial license. No, they're not. They're not a regulated. They're a technology body company. In there, yeah. And um, I think that's it's interesting also because they use these examples, and he talks about you know they, this particular invested in mid two thousand and eighteen and. Then again in 2000, end of 2009, they went again. And in less than two years, he generated 60, just under 65% return on investment, giving him an average return on investment of approximately 32% per annum. So that's a th- over three years, right? So I think it's interesting because the, the thing that, and whilst we don't understand how they're doing it in mining, the thing that we did get to the bottom of is that your returns are paid to you or your return is paid to you in crypto. And it is Bitcoin mm. because Bitcoin's the biggest. Yep. And you choose when you re- convert that Bitcoin back to currency to get your money back, right? You can leave it in Bitcoin because Bitcoin's the greatest investment if you read some of the things that they did. But, you know, and you've got flexibility at changing because we know it's volatile. So you get to choose when you change it on the assumption that at some point you'll always be able to change it at a higher price than it is today. Another bit of greed, right? But you change it into US dollars. And then you also then, if you want to get it back, because our clients lives in Australia, needs Aussie dollars, you then have another currency exchange from US dollars back to Aussie dollars. Now, in all the examples... So there's a couple of risks there. So one is timing it right to make... If you're going to sell it, you want to sell it when the, when the Bitcoin's going high. And two, if you want to then transfer that back to Australian dollars, you want to make sure the currency's working movements are working in your favour as well. And interestingly, just as luck would have it, the timing of these examples shows that whilst for a part of the time, in the early part, you won out of the Bitcoin, but you massively won over the currency exchange. Because if we actually look at the period, Bitcoin is slightly below in US dollar terms where it was, and they give us the date that I'm going to talk about the date they use in a minute. But if we look at where it is today versus the date that they've used in their examples, it's slightly underwater from a US dollar perspective, but it's above water from an Aussie dollar mm. perspective, but only just. But I think that this is interesting because remember, this is happening in, started in about October of 2020, October, November of 2022 through to January of 2023 or thereabouts or December yep. that's came through. This entire book, 2016, 22 pages of it, whatever it is, is based on in bold letters under the disclaimer about the case studies and potential earnings based on a Bitcoin price of $31,726.80 US dollars calculated as at the 19th of July, 2021. Yeah. So what's that, 18? 18, 18 months out of 18, date. 18 months out of date, yep. Now, crypto is a bit higher than what it was now, what it is now. Crypto's moved a fair bit in 18 months, Bitcoin price, right? So yeah. there's, a, there's a red flag. The extrapolation of the return. All current balances in bold have been calculated on this, right? And the exchange rate, obviously, at that time. It's just... It's terrible. It is. And then so that so basically this booklet talks about it gives you the case studies, it says this is how we do it, this is the this is the good bit, this is how crypto works. And they basically summarise that in uh, two, three pages, six yeah. hundred words. Now I don't know about you, I've I've tried reading two crypto books about what it is and I still have no bloody yeah, idea how it is, and that's two full books. But they've covered it off in six hundred words. Um, still don't make sense. They've got the same disclosure that was in the first disclosure, word the for word, disclosure. the same. Like they talk about the um, fact that it's guaranteed again. But the interesting thing, when you read what we've read, right, 
that it says the guarantee is provided by an Australian company who is a subsidiary of an international company. Mm. So the guarantee is only valid if the subsidiary companies in our parent probably got the money left. Mm. Right. So if it goes pear shaped, there's a chance there's the money. That, I mean, it's not like a bank or a government's guaranteeing this. So the Australian company doesn't actually do the investing? No. The Australian company... Which we found by doing just a little <laughs> bit of a Google search. Found by doing it. Basically, is a referral source. Yeah, it's marketing. They get actually. members in, refer them to their company in Hong Kong that, yep. that, that does the investing. Um, they've got all these packages in there that look beautiful. You can you can choose an Earth package, a Moon package, a Venus, Mercury, Sun. Yeah, very atmospheric uh, and out there because we're going up and away and gaining. Once you put your money in, it's locked in. Yep. For whatever period you for choose. Whatever period of, of choose. So but you have control. You want to give the money to them for five years. You, you're guaranteed a better return. You have control about how long you lock it up for. Yep. Um, and I think just to wrap up, like we could go on for hours with this, but to wrap up, I just come back to the cover. Remember this was the thing that explained the engine underneath what they were doing, which was the blockchain mining. It's a 22-page guide. In bold letters it says, how Aussies are earning up to uh, – uh, uh, sorry, start again. How Aussies are earning fixed returns up to 16% a year now. Mm. And then into this is the complete guide to blockchain mining. And in a 22-page – as you said, 22-page guide, there's three pages. I think you're nice at 600 words, but let's go with 600 words. That actually explains the bit. The rest of it is all about how you could not miss out. You've got to be in. This is the greatest yep. thing ever, and it's – wow. Now, can, I, can I just, finish, can I just yeah. finish this article or this, this booklet? This is my favourite thing out of the whole thing. So just before they do all the case studies at the end, oh, that's right. there's a case studies and earning potential disclaimer. So this is another disclaimer yep. inside the, the original disclaimer. But right at the, the bottom, this is the, the final paragraph. Though the information in this case study is presented in good faith to be as accurate and factual as possible, XYZ company cannot guarantee the accuracy of the information we presented. As such, XYZ company presents this information as educational and general in nature and does not rely and does not recommend relying on any of the information presented to be factual... <laughs> Accurate, or in fact, even correct. That is that. That's how they close out their disclaimer. So, whilst we've told you all this deadly stuff, you can just take the next five pages. Don't rely as complete nut of crap. <laughs> to me, I sort of switched off there. Anyway, and in the end, told them client, yeah, no, nah, don't. Yeah, do nah, it. right. Yeah. Anyway, that, so I think that it's just one of those things that come back to some of the stuff we talk about, and it, this isn't the only example, right? That with multiples of it, we got examples. I mean, Dad tells a story of in the nineteen eighties after the the crash, the big crash that before the big crash of eighty seven, a particular insurance company in that day, which doesn't exist anymore, was promoting their fund as having the greatest returns, like twenty thirty percent returns. Of course, the stock market went belly ache in October of eighty seven, and in November of 87, a diff oh, no, they're, sorry, the same, the same. insurance company mm. promoted their fixed interest fund as look at our awesome returns for the last for the last three months. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, there's there's an example and just a recent example and I was sitting watching the Football World Cup, um, the, the, the Soccer World Cup, as we'll call it in Australia, um, and watching some of the Aussie games and this ad popped up for a well-known um, provider, a very big... Um, fund manager in the country promoting a fund that was based around technology and communications and I went well hang on a second I remember a fund like that that they used to have and I had and I did a quick look after the ad and it was basically saying how good you know you know the returns of recent years you should get into this and so I thought 
Wow, that fund, if I recall, and I've just printed it out, was launched in November of 1999. So I'm lucky enough to have been around since November of 1999, so it triggered a memory with me. And when they, you know, interesting, they launched it on the back of, you know, technology was taken off, the bubble was going great. The interesting thing for me is that in March 2000, less than four months after they launched this fund, the tech bubble burst. Yep. And the crash, the tech crash continued until the bottom of the tech crash was actually September 2002. There you go. So at a time when things were right, humming and this was mm. the new world, we breached this new fund with all this hype in it and it goes underwater for, two, for almost three years. Now look at it today and it's got $18.5 million in it. And this organisation manages trillions of dollars, like mega hundreds of millions. Yeah, that's a, that's a drop in the like ocean. It's a, why would you promote yeah. this fund? But interestingly, and this is at December, so when I was seeing these ads it was closer to August or September, but not going to be that much different. The 10-year return of this fund was 18, is 18% per annum as at December. That's awesome, right? Yep. What they didn't tell you in the ad was that the one-year return to, to that period was minus 36%. There you go. And the since inception period return, remember it started in 99, is mm. basically 21 years, thereabouts, give or take, 20 and a bit years, was only 5%. Because yeah, remember, okay. it was underwater for three years from the yep. minute that it launched. But I thought, why are they running these ads? And now I realise because in December 2020, basically 18 months before I saw the ads on television, they launched this fund inside their super products. Yeah. Right? And so they're promoting it to their super products. They have actually $4 billion more in their super products in two years than they have in their investment product, which has been running for 21 years. Yes. Again, chump change. But those products, since they launched in 2020, and remember I'm saying you've got to get in this, the returns were great. And I don't remember exact numbers, but they were very obviously off the long-term returns of the investment fund at that point. Since this fund launched, it's 9% underwater. So it's a minus 9% return since December 2020 <laughs> and a one-year return of minus 32, right? We, the marketing engines keep doing this stuff, right? Mm. There was a, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a big run on mortgage funds and this, this promoter of mortgage funds was flying people down the Gold Coast and showing them all these great investments that they were doing and they were backing, yeah? Everyone was piling in. Then the GFC came. All those things got frozen up and I just noticed that in September last year it actually got put into receivership and wound up and yep. a lot of people didn't get their money yep. back. So I think that our, our story out of today is, oh. like we've said a long time, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is, needs further investigation. But please talk to somebody who has an unbiased, unemotional attachment mm. to what you're being Because at the end, marketing is marketing. It's designed <laughs> to excite your emotions and when it comes to financial marketing... It excites the, the greed factor or the or the fear factor yeah. in people. And, and the interesting thing is, and a lot of the behavioural stuff we you read, and we mentioned this before, once your mind has sort of formed this belief, so once the marketers have formed this belief in your head, all decisions you make at that point of time, you can justify any decision that may make sense if it doesn't fit into that, that, mold. that picture you have in your mind. Um, so investors read the detail. We, we mentioned that in... Uh, I don't know how many different podcasts oh. you read the detail. It's the boring stuff, unfortunately, but please read it. Um, and if you don't want to, get someone to read it for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Marketing, yeah. Decisions on, on greed, on fear, that you don't want to be doing that. Um, so let's wrap, wrap that up there. It's been a, a great little chat. It's been um, awesome. And I'm sure we'll see plenty more of these come across our desk, but I guess it was just a bit of a for this to get it to the to the listeners. Say so if something like this comes across, then, you know, maybe have a look at a bit more of the detail. Um, so that's it for, 
for today. Um, as always, everyone head to our Wealth Radar Facebook page. Let us know your thoughts on the chat. Um, have any suggestions or talk, topics you'd like us to discuss. Um, as always, put a big thumbs up to our page, like it, um, and don't miss our next episode as well. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, Eves. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and the information contained is of a general nature and may not be relevant to your particular circumstances. The circumstances of each investor are different, and you should seek advice from a professional financial advisor who can consider if particular strategies and products are right for you. In all instances where information is based on historical performance, it is important to understand this is not a reliable indicator of future performance. You should not rely on any material on this podcast to make investment decisions and should seek professional advice. Fowler's Group ABN 5710524284 is an authorised representative number 230575 and credit representative number 403265 of FYG Planners Propriety Limited ABN 5509497254040 Australian Financial Services and Credit Licence Number 224543.